Hi there, it's Ed here with a short message before we start the pod this week. Did you know that our most informed investors get insights, articles and investment ideas from Tom, me and the team sent directly to them via email and it is completely free. You can join them. Just subscribe at fidelity.co.uk slash newsletters. Hello and welcome to the Personal Investor Podcast. I'm Ed Monk. Today on the show, investors cannot have failed to notice that the burgeoning stock market rally that was going along quite nicely this year has come to a halt. Why is that? And will the pause in progress last? That's our focus today. If you enjoy the show, please rate us, share us or leave a comment wherever you get your podcasts. Up until August, stock market investors had been rather enjoying the year so far. By that point, a lot of the losses from 2022 had been recovered and minds were turning to how shares may just tiptoe their way through the twin hazards of high interest rates on the one hand and slowing economies on the other. By the end of August, however, things are looking a little less rosy. Portfolios have been taken back a peg or two and the momentum seems to have stalled for now at least. Why is that? And can shares resume their rally? To answer that, I'm joined by Tom Stevenson, Investment Director here at Fidelity. I'll also say at this point that uh, if listeners can detect a slight change in audio quality to please bear with us this week, we're recording remotely. Um, Tom, welcome along. Um, It often happens, doesn't it, in the stock market that you don't really notice when a turning point comes. You just wake up one day and see that markets have been falling for a month. That appeared to be what was happening in August. So what's the latest? Yeah, you're absolutely right that um, turning points do creep up on you. And in fact, I think uh, what we're going to discuss today is that actually another turning point has crept up on us. So, um, you know, we, we you're right about August. August was definitely a pause for a pause for breath um, in in an otherwise strong year um, for, for the stock markets. Um, you know, I think, you know, as we went into the bank holiday uh, weekend, things did look a bit uh, shaky uh, in in markets. And one of the reasons for that was, uh, you know, some commentary from uh, uh, Jerome Powell, the uh, the chairman of the Federal Reserve at the end of at the end of last week. But, you know, here we are three days into the week after the bank holiday and things look look very different. So, you know, I'm sure that we'll get into the detail of what's happened. But I think it's a it's a salutary reminder to to investors that things can move very quickly in the markets and uh, and actually keeping ahead of the game is 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 more complicated than it might seem. Yes. OK, well, let, let's kind of recap then um, what had been going on and what the sort of last month uh, brought and and the last week, so yeah, there had been obviously uh, this this big headwind of of high interest rates and inflation, um, but it began to look like a inflation was getting under control certainly in the US, and it was looking like economic growth was holding up as well. In the UK, it was a, a slightly different story, mm. but then we began to get some more troubling news on on US inflation it was from uh, a much lower position than than that we have in the UK but it was nonetheless beginning to push expectations uh for for rates being higher um that perhaps was the thing that had had sort of brought markets back a peg or two yeah absolutely and i think that that all came to a a, a culmination if you like um at the end of last week so we had this we had this uh 
thing called Jackson Hole. So it's an it's an an economic symposium it's called it's like a gathering of central bankers um uh it takes place in in the mountains of of wyoming um the key feature they always find uh, lovely places to do this well and the, this and, is, and this the, is like davos and <laughs> there aren't there aren't many lovelier places than uh than, than jackson hole i mean i've never been there but i mean it looks absolutely fantastic it's it's basically a fly fishing resort and the reason why um just you know and just a little anecdote i mean the reason why uh it's at jackson and whole is because uh, you go back to the early 1980s uh, when the chairman of the Federal Reserve was a guy called Paul Volcker, and he was the he was the head of the Federal Reserve who is is uh, credited with you know really defeating the inflation of the 1970s. So he was a really pivotal key uh, figure in in U.S. monetary policy. In order to ensure that the chairman of the Federal Reserve would turn up to this event, which is which is actually organised by one of the regional Federal Reserves, the Kansas Federal Reserve. In in order to, to to make sure that he showed up, they staged the event at uh, at a fly fishing resort because he was a ki- <laughs> he was a keen fisherman. So they thought, well, let's put it in this really yeah. lovely place up in the mountains, and then we'll get we'll get the chairman of the Fed uh, to come to it. So that's the that's the history. That was in 1982, and it's been there it's been there um, ever since. So anyway. End of last week, Jerome Powell was talking, making a speech at this at this event, and he basically. You know, he he said what was actually just a, almost a statement of the obvious, as he has done the previous year. Actually, he said, "Look, inflation is still too high. Um, we will raise interest rates if we have to, if it's appropriate." Um, and that was the kind of message that had been building up throughout August. And I think so. The reason why markets had had come back a peg or two was because this narrative of we're close to the end of the interest rate cycle, had started to be questioned in August. And, and certainly at the end of the last week, he said nothing to, to, to change that, that narrative. People thought, mm, we may well get another uh, interest rate hike, probably in, in November. So that's where we were at the end of last week. Um, and yes. you know, then you come into this week, and the, the data that we've had has been very different because what Powell said was, look, I, I am inclined to say that we may raise interest rates, but I am going to be careful because I am aware that for the last 18 months, we have had this extraordinary monetary tightening cycle. We've raised rates from basically zero all the way up to nearly five and a half percent. And we still don't know what the impact of those um, rate hikes is going to be. So we are going to be careful. We're going to watch the data. This week in the US, there's an awful lot of data um, coming through and in particular, um, earlier this week we had some some very interesting jobs data, which suggested that the number of vacancies in America is much lower than uh, either last month or lower than people anticipated. The, the consensus of economists was that there would be you know more jobs openings uh, available in the US than actually there are. So what that's telling us is that the jobs market is finally beginning to slow down in America. And you know this is one of these situations where bad news in the in the economy can sometimes be good news for stock markets because what investors have said is, wow, that probably means that 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 you know. The interest rate cycle has come to a close. That's what the markets believe at the moment. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna make this point, but I mean, yeah, because the what what the jobs market, uh, well, central bankers have been watching jobs and wages really closely, haven't they? Because that is where um, sort of ingrained inflation 
tends to show up, it seems to me. You know, you've got, um, if you've got very strong wage growth, it means that workers are able to meet higher prices. And so the job of slowing the economy down and taking money out of the system, it's just harder to do. People are getting, getting paid and they might not be getting wage rises to match inflation, but they're, they're getting high wage rises that can help them meet higher prices. And so it's just harder to uh, take demand out, which would bring prices lower, right? And, and as you say, that is perhaps sort of bad news from a household point of view and a worker point of view, because there's fewer jobs out there, fewer opportunities to shift jobs to a higher paid job. But sort of uh, sort of paradoxically, we do need that to show up so that the era of, of higher rates can can sort of end uh, and, and central banks can say they've done their job. That's exactly right. And, and some of, you know, they, they, they track a number of measures. I mean, another another measure that, that was actually reported on this week was something that in America they call the quit rate, which is, you know, the number of people who are leaving their jobs. And that actually has fallen back um, quite a long way. And what, of course, what that's telling us is that people... You know, if if you if you know there are lots of jobs out there, then you know you're you're very happy to 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 quit your job and go and look for a new one. If you think that there are fewer jobs out there and it's going to be harder for you to find a new position, um, then you're less inclined to 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 quit. So it's quite a useful forward indicator of what's happening in the jobs market. And again, you know, we had this sort of you know what sounds like quite negative news. All the quit rate has fallen. People are nervous about the jobs market, but it's actually good news for markets because it really does suggest that the pressure is now off the Federal Reserve. They don't need to keep squeezing the economy. Well, it, this is a really interesting question, Tom, because, because we know that um, inflation in the US has come down a long way. I mean, in, here in the UK, we would love inflation to be, what, at 3, 3.2, something like that That's in, right. in the US? Yeah. Um, which, you know, compared to the rates that we saw six months ago, up, up at 10% in the UK, really, really, really high inflation. You might think, well, look, it's come down such a long way. Why are central banks even thinking about, about further rate rises? It's clearly working. But what the market, I suppose, is worried about is this last bit of inflation, the bit that keeps inflation above target and I, I well certainly in the UK that target is around two percent similar I suppose in the US yeah same yeah um you know it, and this might be a, a kind of question going forward are we in a new world economically where for example we have tighter labor markets in developed economies I mean we've just had data to show that perhaps it is weakening but if we do have persistently tight labor markets that is going to be inflationary it might be hard to get back down below that 2% target. And as long as it's above that 2%, central banks are going to be in a kind of hawkish mood. Yeah, I think so. Because, I mean, you mentioned that 3.2% figure, which is the headline um, US inflation rate uh, in July. It was actually 3% uh, in June. So it's kind of it's kind of stabilising. Um, and it's stabilising at a level which is actually higher than the target. Because, you know, as you, as you suggested, mm. the, the US, also has a two percent uh, inflation target, and uh, you know, so there is a question mark: is what's the appetite for 
for central banks to tolerate inflation slightly higher than than their targets and yeah. and that is an open question i mean it may be that they that the fed is happy for it to be 3% but it's not its target and and i think that the the message from from powell um has been that he's not going to stop until he does get it down um to to the 2% target so yeah you're right high levels of wage inflation feed through into persistent uh, levels of core underlying inflation and 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 the underlying inflation rate is actually higher than that headline 3.2% rate it's still you know it's still a few percentage points higher than it, than it needs to be um yeah. but you know so there are a lot of moving parts and and also you're right to to also point out that it's different in different countries i mean here we are in the uk our inflation rate is still 6.8% that was the, that was the, the most recent reading that that we have we've still go we've still got a way to go yeah, indeed. Um, and, and just finally, uh, on 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 the pod this week, Tom. Um, you know, it's not only the case that, of course, that we've had uh, uh, the 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 U.S. market sort of pause in the last month. The uh, the second largest stock market in the world, which is China, of course, that has also had its own separate struggles uh, this year and in August in particular. What's been going on there? Yeah, well, I mean, so so I mentioned this idea, this mismatch sometimes that you get between uh, economies and markets and saying, well, actually, that, you know, bad news in the economy can be good news in the markets. Sometimes, though, you get bad news in the economy and it is seen as bad news uh, by investors as well. And that really has been the story in China over the last six months or so. Uh, where we've had a real divergence between the fortunes of the U.S. stock market, which has uh, you know risen for most of that period, and the Chinese stock market, which has actually continued to fall for for the last six months. A lot of issues uh, in China, problems with the property market. Uh, we've got big uh, property developers. Just today, actually, you know the the biggest uh, house builder in in, in China, co- a company called Country Garden. Has, has has asked for an extension to its loans. It's basically you know on the brink of not being able to pay its um, loans. We've seen a real um, not a slowdown, but a, but a, but an absence of a bounce back in consumer demand in the Chinese eco- economy. It was hoped that once China came out of its COVID restrictions, there'd be a big bounce back in in activity. Just hasn't shown up, um, and the and the authorities have been quite resistant to really re-stimulate the economy partly because they don't want to reinflate the property bubble that they that they've suffered from uh, in recent years so they've been cautious about stimulus um and and that's you know that's caused a, that's caused a slowdown in in the, in the Chinese Chinese stock market interestingly though I'll just finish up with this that actually there's also been a bit of a turning point this week in the Chinese market because we've had a number of quite small, quite targeted measures announced by the authorities to to provide a little bit of stimulus, a little bit of easing. Um, and exactly the same thought process is happening in China. People, are th- investors are thinking, maybe actually the, the authorities do want to stimulate the economy a bit. Um, and we've seen a bounce back in the last few days there as well. So again, timing these things is very difficult, getting ahead of the uh, curve and, um, you know, being... Being in front of developments in stock markets is, is very difficult. And of course, that's why we always say, you know, we discourage people from trying to time uh, markets because it's very difficult to get consistently right. Yeah, and and and, and it feels like the, the months uh the months ahead are probably going to be 
quite volatile for this reason that that the, the the market is is waiting for how these big questions are settled around China, but around interest rates and inflation in developed economies as well. Um, until we get some clarity, it's it, it could be a bit you know one month on, one month off. Yes, it might be. I mean, we we you know potentially we are looking at more volatile markets, but I would caution people not to be negative about the markets at the moment because it does feel to me like we are closer to this end of the of the interest rate cycle um, than we were and that I think that more positive news um, as the as the economy glides down this this so so-called soft landing now looks actually you know, within reach, it does seem to me that, that that actually the Federal Reserve may have pulled off this trick of getting on top of inflation, while at the same time not breaking the economy. That's quite an achievement. If, if if Jerome Powell has managed to do that, then you know he will probably go down in in the history books along with Paul Volcker as as a, as a very capable uh, chairman of the Federal Reserve. So, as you say, we're, there's a lot to, to to unfold. We must wait and see. Well, let's let's hope that wasn't the kiss of death, Tom, and uh, <laughs> and that you've jinxed his his tenure. Um, <laughs> but um, for now, at least, let's uh, let's draw a line there, Tom, because that's all the time we have for now. Thanks an awful lot for joining me. Thanks, Ed. Please note that the value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up, so you may get back less than you invest. Investors should note that the views expressed may no longer be current and may have already been acted upon. This information is not a personal recommendation for any particular investment. If you are unsure about the suitability of an investment, you should speak to one of Fidelity's advisors or an authorised financial advisor of your choice. Overseas investments will be affected by movements in currency exchange rates and investments in emerging markets can be more volatile volatile than other more developed markets. Reference to the specific securities should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell these securities and is included for the purposes of illustration only. Tax treatment depends on individual circumstances and all tax rules may change in the future. Withdrawals from a pension product may not be possible until you reach age 55, 57 from 2028. This podcast may not be reproduced or circulated without prior permission. No statements or representations made in this podcast are legally binding on Fidelity or the recipient. This podcast is meant only for UK residents and does not constitute an offer or a solicitation in any jurisdiction in which it may be unlawful to make such an offer or solicitation.